Welcome to Sipping Success, the ultimate podcast for all things beverage and alcohol. We are here to quench your thirst for insights, analysis, and a splash of entertainment. Get ready to dive into the world of beverages with us. From the latest trends to in-depth discussions with industry leaders, we've got it all covered. Whether you're a connoisseur or a curious sipper, Sipping Success is your go-to guide. Join us as we uncork knowledge, raise a glass to innovation, and help you elevate your brand to new heights. So grab your favorite drink, sit back, and let's sip success together. Tune in to Sipping Success and drink in the wisdom. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sipping Success podcast. I'm your host, Casey Hawkinson. Today, we're joined and very excited to have this guest. Uh, We're joined with Scott Rickett. He's the president, CEO of Bella Petite Beverages. And uh, after, after blending the finest ingredients, they remove all of the alcohol with most with the most advanced technology available. And he'll explain that later. It's very interesting. To make a delicious, low-carb, low-calorie, low-sugar alternative to sodas and sugary fruit drinks. Then the best part is they infuse this amazing sparkling delight with the finest nanotechnology hemp-derived CBD on the planet with no THC. This new alternative beverage gives you the uh, gives you all the natural antioxidants in the wine and all the amazing benefits of the world's finest CBD. The best of both worlds, low calorie, delicious, and no THC. And Bella Petite is sold just about everywhere. And uh, again, we'll have Scott uh, share that information as well. So without further ado, Scott, uh, very happy to have you. Welcome to the podcast, to Sipping Success. And um, why don't we start with uh, uh, interested to hear more about your background uh, and ultimately what led to the founding of Bella Petite. Thanks, Casey. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Uh, It's been an interesting journey. You know, I always tell people I think I've lived nine lives already, or hopefully not all nine of them yet. But uh, my my background and really where a lot of this stemmed from is uh, was in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. So I spent most of my my youth and and time um, traveling and playing music and worked uh, my way up in here in California into some of the biggest touring bands in the world. Then became a studio musician and uh, did a lot of time in the studio recording and then eventually built my own studio and started producing and recording. And through that time, had a lot of artists coming down to our, our location on the beach and they would bring in these chefs while they stayed and recorded and um, really learned that, that a lot of the people in the entertainment industry, the bigger the personalities, you know, a lot of them just didn't do well with the um, alcohol. So we were always having these incredible dinners and these amazing chefs. And then these guys would be drinking O'Doul's um, and uh, sparkling Martinelli's, you know, apple juice and yeah. stuff. So it was like, a, it was kind of a, oh man, I, I can do better. Um, so I originally started with Rickett Brewing and we started making beer. And um, beer was my my first go-to. It was easier to uh, de-alkalize. It was fun to home brew. And it kind of got me, got me started on that whole process. Um, and then we used different um, technology back in that day. There wasn't, there really wasn't a lot of emulsion technology 
uh, available to me at least at that time. So we were we were coming up with all different ways to uh, to infuse it, but mostly I was trying to make delicious, real alternatives, IPAs and other beers that people would mm-hmm. enjoy the nice meal, and that's kind of where it started from. Um, and then, um, I, I originally started Rickett Brewing, which was here in California and we were in the cannabis industry. So we made cannabis, uh, beer originally. And then I saw some of the bigger players in the, in the beverage industry getting into cannabis, i.e. cannabis growth and Molson cores and some of them. So I was like, you know, I don't think I could compete with them with beer. So I said, I'm going to continue this, this journey. And I started moving and working on wine, wine's a more difficult to um, to dealkalize, so that took a little bit more time, a little bit more research, a little bit more work, and uh, and then continued to to press and push on the technology for infusion. And so we launched, uh, and then even went one step further than that and got into sparkling, uh, into the champagnes and the sparkling mm-hmm. with carbonations, a whole nother animal to deal with. So um, at that same time, continued to push forward with learning about the emulsion technology and what was available and out there. And, what programs and people were doing it and, and traveled around quite a bit learning that. Uh, and first of all, the first thing we released was Jolet Fleur, which was a THC champagne here in the California cannabis market. Okay. Um, it did really well. We got featured in Rolling Stone magazine. We got voted by the LA Times as the number one cannabis beverage in California. Uh, we now have four SKUs out. This is our fourth year, fifth year now, uh, coming into 2024 will be our fifth year in the California cannabis industry, uh, but you know, very small. It's it's a it's a small footprint dealing with the uh, dispensaries. We can't ship out of state to any other state because of the cannabis laws. So it limited me in in the wine side. Uh, everything in beverage takes you know quantity to to uh, be have any kind of <laughs> profitability if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the processes of the dealkalizing and transportation, all that's just so costly. So I, and I saw limitations here in the market of, of how many shops and how many people that we were actually able to touch. So we created Bella and Bella Petite Beverages was taking the same concepts, the same technology, some of the exact same wine formulas, and then using the same technology to infuse it with CBD hemp. That gave us a little bigger platform. Um, CBD for human and pet consumption still is not federally legal. The mm-hmm. FDA get paid by Congress before they'll actually put it into some kind of supplement category, which, you know, we've all been waiting for for years since, at least since the Farm Act was passed. <laughs> We'd hope yeah. the FDA would do something because the Farm Act passed hemp uh, for use and for cultivation um, for all, all different types of stuff. But they really were pushing it more towards the industrial hemp for industrial uses. Um, and, and the FDA was supposed to get into more of the consumption side of it. But what has happened over the years is now each state has kind of created their own um, different law program to work within with California. We have AB 45 that was passed. Mm-hmm. So now we can create, develop and sell hemp related uh, products. And that's how Bella was developed. So in a nutshell, that's kind of yeah. kind of it all began. Well, uh, thank you for that. And then, so let's dive in a little bit here. So you mentioned the champagne. Um, can you give us kind of a summary of the brands that you have under that Bella Petite uh, umbrella? 
under Bella right now, we have um, we have a number of different wines. Our signature that we released originally was a Southern Spanish sangria, a sparkling sangria, super delicious. Uh, three a blend of three different red wines, a little bit of cinnamon, uh, some cloves, some blood orange. It's a true Southern Spanish um, formula. That was our signature that we launched out with. We mm-hmm. also have two different champagnes that we also offer in the in the um, cannabis space through Jolet Fleur Rickett, a pink champagne that is a little bit more fruity, uh, has some notes of raspberry to it. Um, we use some of the actual Pinot Noir skins to to bring the color and some of the, the hue and some of the flavors out in that. Uh, and then we have a true Brut Blanc champagne uh, that, that we have. Both of those in Bella and 750 mil bottles with cork and wire, the whole same process. Um, they're delicious. You could serve them at your Christmas dinner or holiday you know, party, dinner, or anything else for any of the friends or relatives or people that don't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a true experience. And and with the technology that we've done, the, the Bella product is very much um, a complement to a, a, a traditional champagne. And a lot of people will drink it and not even know it doesn't have alcohol in it. Um, we've really, really done some special things to it to create it. So we have the two champagnes. And then we have um, three still wines. We have a really delicious California Cab, a Rosé, and a Chardonnay. Okay. So in Bella, we've got a nice arrangement of wines. We continue to push our technology, and and um, I'm actually today we're in our lab here. So we use that same technology for the emulsions that we make uh, Bella gummies, and the gummies are are a vegan gummy, nano emulsified. Great, great uh, experience for people. We also do uh, a whole new program with um, with what we call quick melts or orally dissolving tablets, ODTs. And those are uh, tablets you put underneath your tongue. They dissolve. And there's only three ways to bypass our digestive system. So this goes through the sublingual method, which is underneath our tongue, through our, our jowls, basically into our right there where our jugular veins are. And it's a great way. Uh, again, using our, our nanotechnology, using some of the delivery methods to get uh, quick onset and, and quick delivery for different um, cannabinoids. And mainly with, right now, we're really focusing on all the different CBD cannabinoids and how they can help people with sleep mm-hmm. and with pain and with anxiety. And, uh, and there's even ones that help uh, give you focus and energy when they're combined with the right things. So, so Bella has that, those products. And then the Rickett brand is our cannabis brand. It's only sold in California, only sold in dispensaries, uh, and only through that whole cannabis side. We have both the pink and blanc champagne that I explained for Bella uh, done mm-hmm. instead of with CBD with cannabis. So same idea. We take all the complex carbs, calories, and sugar out of the wine by removing the alcohol. Um, this wine sits in oak barrels, you know, 24 months. It ferments to perfection. I could filter it and put it in bottles and sell it as a as a retail wine, uh, but we don't. We put it through a whole other process. We transport it. We spin it in centrifuges. We lose 30% of our volume because alcohol likes water. So we do a, a whole process to uh, to to then get this delicious wine, and then we infuse it with the cannabis uh, um, instead of the CBD using our same technology for the emulsions. And so we have both a, a, a Blanc and pink champagne, and then we have a Sauvignon Blanc, uh, white wine and a Rosé, uh, pink, uh, still wine as well. Well, very good. Uh, thanks for taking us through that. And if your appetite or your palate isn't, uh, peaked right now, I, I, I don't know what else we can do, but, um, 
when we first met um in you sharing your story uh with me uh specifically you know you were talking about the technology behind to make all this stuff happen um and and you you know you mentioned your business background being in music but you you also come from a family of uh, of science and scientists. And so I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of merge that all together and share with us a little uh, in a little bit more detail the types of technology you're using and kind of infuse that in your personal background a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, even though I, I come from a music background, my family are all doctors. Uh, my grandfather was a really famous inventor. And and I've always been just, just keen to create things and make things. So I've always been curious mm-hmm. and I've continue to push and learn and i i believe in the elon musk school of thought of you know surround yourself with more brilliant people and 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 learn as much as you can through osmosis but Mm -hmm. we have really two different levels of technology that that we've have to put into this product and you know my big goal the end picture was always to create a real alternative to alcohol give people something else that they could choose uh if they don't choose to drink on a consistent basis and so the biggest problem i saw out there that and originally in the cannabis industry is the stuff tasted terrible it was overly sweet and they weren't able to were very bitter and um, and so through time and energy, I learned that the the emulsion technology that, that we're using was was um, very antiquated. And so, you know, we pushed to, to create more in that. But before you even get to that, really, the raw product is the wine. Uh, and there's a reason that, you know, there's not a lot of really great zero alcohol wines out there is because when you remove the alcohol, it changes the mouthfeel. It changes the texture. It really changes the, the, the taste. It changes so much of the wine. So you have to do some things in your formulations and the type of wine you buy. And uh, and then, as I said, the process we use, we use these huge centrifuges. It's called spinning cones. And they basically uh, use centrifugal force to flute out the alcohol at, at certain um levels so we're able to remove all of the alcohol out of there um and what happens is alcohol likes water so we lose about 30 percent of our volume if i spin ten thousand gallons that's three thousand gallons of delicious wine that's gone right off the top Mm -hmm. and if you're going to go buy a better home free or one of these other um zero alcohol wines usually they put that water back in and it really changes again the texture the clarity the, the a lot of elements as well as the the mouthfeel and flavor so we don't do that i choose not to do that i choose to use it in a more i guess robust uh format to to give it to it so that formula and then you know finding the raw wines wine i always tell people wine is like beef you can go to mcdonald's and get a, a big mac for a couple bucks or you can go get a bone-in filet at, at mastro's and it's going to be a completely different experience um wine's no different you can go buy a cheap 30 dollar bottle of wine at the grocery store um or 500 bottle of opus one uh, uh in in napa or, or you can you know get a 5,000 uh bottle of uh, a french Bordeaux it's completely different experience. So I've been really um, adamant about the raw wines and and what we start with. And that's where, you know, um, my background from music, we always say you can't polish a turd. So if you record something crappy, it's going to sound crappy. And so um, if you start Mm -hmm. with crappy wine, it's pretty much going to taste crappy. So I'm able to buy what's considered remnants from some of the best vineyards in Napa, uh, and Sonoma. And the reason is that that wine is usually transported up there by tanker trucks, 6,450 gallons. 
uh, per truck. And it's like a big, big uh, oil tanker, but it's glyco lined and uh, chilled. And wine doesn't like oxygen. So when transporting it, if something is going to be sloshing around like that, you've got to fill that container truck to the brim. I mean, to the very, very top. And then you blanket it with CO2. Uh, but even that, if it's got to drive and, and transport time and everything else, you, you don't even want much of that space at all in there. So what happens is there's remnants. If there's two or 3,000 gallons left of a, of a really, really high-end wine, I'm able to to purchase those myself and do these runs. And so I start with a higher quality raw product, and I think that's what gives us some of our best, uh, most delicious tasting um, uh, every every vintages you know, that we do. And I, I, I really... Um, I'm adamant about that flavor profile. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, the technology for the dealking is a very big deal, but the raw materials that we start with is a big deal. A uh, bigger deal for us is that my product can never touch oxygen after I remove the alcohol because okay. once your alcohol is out of it, you don't really have a way to disinfect from, from um, a lot of microbials that are out there. Mm. We've got great little bugger out in just about everything and everywhere we go goes uh, called zygos zygos aphromite it's a yeast and so if one spore of that yeast gets into my wine after the alcohol has been removed and gets capped or bottled or, or, or corked or anything else um every seven seconds one turns to two two turns to four four turns to eight oh. and very what happens is that yeast grows with the sugar, starts re-fermenting, and not only will it start creating alcohol, but the CO2 content will create a bomb for you and your, your bottles blow up. So, um, yeah. so the problem and what we have to go through and just transporting our wine uh, and, and working with our wine in, in these uh, different environments is really super difficult and, and very taxing, and we learned a lot about that. The other half of the technology is the emulsion technology. And so we're basically trying to fool quantum science. I mean, quantum science is is pretty much set oil and water don't mix. Mm-hmm. Um, cannabinoids, if it be from hemp or if it be from cannabis or it be from some of the other elements that we work with, are in an oil basis. And to get them into solution, um, you've got to you've got to be able to kind of fool Mother Nature in some ways. So we've been able to come up with some some pretty interesting ways. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the industry is still using what's called liposoma uh, technology, which is about 35 years old in the pharmaceutical industry and, and pretty antiquated. So I really felt that there was better ways to do what we're doing and continue to push and work with teams of people. And I've partnered myself with some some really, really brilliant people. I'm working in an unbelievable uh, facility in Irvine right now that has three monster labs, over 30 um, chemists that are working on not only two supplement companies, but there's a whole division in the oncology mm-hmm. uh, pharmaceutical side where they, they've they been making pharmaceutical drugs out of this facility for over 30 years. So it's a really phenomenal place. Um, and the technology and the people here have helped me develop next level um, formulations for our products. So I work with a particle physicist who is um, probably one of the best, I think, on the planet for construction and deconstruction of molecular uh, components. We use genetic sequencing equipment and genetic sequencing um, technology to make our emulsion. And we have, I think, the best tasting, uh, most consistent right now over five years in solution without any degradation of, um, of potencies. So that side of the technology, I think, is what is groundbreaking and what gives people a whole better experience. 
Um, and and uh, a couple things, if you've taken CBD before, if you've eaten gummies or done a tincture or any other format of CBD, when it's in its oil format, it has to run through our digestive system. Our gut's about 1.4 pH. It destroys a lot of stuff. It has to get all the way to our lower intestine to get secreted to our liver. Our liver is the best filter in the world. It filters quite a bit out before it actually those big gloppy oil molecules get into our bloodstream. Once those oil molecules are in our bloodstream, it can take up to two hours for that to happen. Um, it can't go intercellular, too big of a molecule. So what happens is you're throwing a basketball to get a chain against the chain link fence. It's just not going to go in and, and you're not going to get the cellular absorption, which gives you the higher bioavailability. So when we nanoparticleize our products, it's absorbing in these tiny nanoparticles. They are so small that they're at 90 nanometers. Um, it's, it's so small that it absorbs in your tongue, your esophagus, your stomach lining. You get into your bloodstream, and now you're throwing sand at that chain link fence. You're getting full uh, absorption by the cellular membrane and by your intercellular um, the blood wall. So you're able to get three to five times the bioavailability, much quicker onset. Uh, and we think it's just a better, I guess, vehicle for, for people that are dealing with, you know, anxiety or pain or any of the other things, or just want a way to relax. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of a little bit about the technology and the two different sides of it that we're, we're currently continuing to push forward to make the best possible products. This podcast is brought to you by Mushroom Media, the go-to digital media agency for all things marketing. From crafting captivating campaigns to decoding social media sorcery, Mushroom Media is here to empower your brand and help you scale. So whether you're brewing, distilling, or concocting the next big thing, Mushroom Media has a solution for you. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you walking us through that uh, really fascinating stuff. Now let's... Um... For, for all of our listener base out there, they're all involved in the business of wine and spirits or hospitality. So let's uh, maybe transition to a few business questions here. Are there any particular challenges or obstacles uh, with building the brand or anything that you've faced over the last few years that you're particularly proud of that you've been able to overcome? Yeah, I think that just the continued obstacle right now is that we're not federally legal. Um, the idea that that this product, just because it's made from hemp and because the FDA hasn't put it in a category and put some type of you know supplement um, standards behind it, that we can't advertise. I can't market and advertise this on Facebook, on Instagram, on um, X or Twitter or whatever these other platforms because it's still not federally legal. So that's been a real, real challenge. Um, I also, you know, geez, I've been you know, in talks with people like Whole Foods and Southern Glacier Wine and Spirits, some of the biggest, you know, distribution companies in the world. But anyone that's a national company, they can't do it. You have to go state to state and deal with the state to state retailers. So that's been an ongoing challenge, I guess. Um, we get some great celebrity endorsement. Some of the people that order and buy our wine uh, that, that are in the, the industry in Hollywood that don't drink anymore but because of their associations with different companies, um, they they are limited on what they can do and how they can even promote or even talk about my brand. So, so that's wow. you know an ongoing difficult part of it. A little frustrating, you know. Um, I think that there's more and more people that out there that you know that are looking at alcohol as something that they do at certain times, but still enjoy a delicious glass of wine with dinner and maybe not have to have alcohol every night. There's also a lot of people out there that have health 
you know, issues. It would be with diabetes and other stuff where the sugars from the alcohol are too hard for them to consume and too hard to do it. And then there's just other people with big obsessive personalities that alcohol doesn't work well with. So the mm-hmm. idea of, of being able to get more people and, and get more testimonials like we get at our website and people send to us of how this, you know, helps them fit in and, and gives them something they can enjoy with their friends and a, a feeling that they're actually relaxing at the end of the day without, you know, um, having any issues with their sobriety or, or with their health or people that are training for different, different things that are, you know, maybe just taking a little break. So for me, um, the biggest challenge has been getting out to more like-minded people to, to try it. And, and, you know, every time we do get, you know, a a hit and, and stuff, like I just did a, a, an interview with, um, a really big magazine and, and, you know, those type of things I'm hoping will continue to bring more and more, um, eyeballs to the, to the project. Mm -hmm. Very good. And then, um, what sort of, uh, I guess, indicators do you use to kind of measure success for your business? You know, success is, is really done two ways. One, to be able to stay in business alone is a success. Yeah. <laughs> Through exactly. COVID, yeah. we, we launched Bella once COVID hit. And, you know, here we are with a new product that I don't think too many people have ever tasted a CBD wine before. So yeah. our whole model was getting out and doing, you know, farmer's markets and wine tasting events and all this stuff. And that was just all squash. So, so really, um, you know, the success we've had online, the success of finding uh, uh, like-minded people like UKC that are, you know, doing stuff in the industry is saying, hey, this is a this is going to be another category in the industry, I think, in the future as as we continue to see it grow and we continue to see people going. So um, I look at even our failures as, you know, if you're learning from it, it's still a success. So um, every day that we help somebody else uh, live a healthier life, and enjoy their their journey. Uh, one of the things that that's been pushing on Bella and, and and trending is just you know make make your your sobriety fun. You know it shouldn't be a t- yeah. shouldn't be it shouldn't be that big of a deal. You should have options and alternatives to be able to enjoy and relax and and uh, partake with friends and family, especially through these holidays. So yeah, yeah. and, and every, then every step is is a somewhat of a success, I guess. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, uh, there was one thing that you mentioned that I thought was interesting where uh, you had all these plans to start during, uh, you know, going out to farmers markets and such. Uh, and then you said, well, okay, we had to transition to online. So uh, it sounds like that went successful. Can you, can you share with us maybe that success story of, of you being able to kind of take on digital marketing and sell online for yourself? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was kind of, we, we were forced into it uh, and we had to get creative because we really couldn't advertise. And um, so we just started building up the stuff. We started making, you know, specials and I followed the, I guess, blueprint of the wine clubs that the, that the different wineries had already created and mm-hmm. tried to alternative wine club for people and and you know we gave a lot of product away to do it and then just had to get super creative and how we marketed and advertised if it be the small little beach magazines if it was you know some of, i was putting ads on online dating services mm-hmm. anyone you know since we couldn't we couldn't use our tradition i couldn't just go hey i'm gonna target you know soccer moms in their 30s in newport beach and i yeah. couldn't go th- any of that type of stuff. So we had to be really creative and, and using, you know, these, like I said, some of these little beach magazines up and down the coast. And and we focused on 
just that. We knew it was a brand that that women enjoyed. Um, we had street teams that were still going out to yoga studios and putting flyers and stuff like that. Then we started um, empowering online influencers and giving them ability to have their own discount codes so they could send their customers and their people to our site um, and give their customers and people a discount for, for using their discount code. And at the same time, they got a kickback commission monthly on, on sales they did. And so that was just the way. And, and again, we got some, some pretty influential people that really enjoyed the brand uh, and enjoy the product and actually use the product. And so that's helped us continue to grow it. And, and I think that's, you know, my, my formula is, is when you find something that's working, then you need to, you know, continue really pushing everything you can into those avenues. So we, we continue to push the wine club. Um, one of the other things that's been really successful for us is white label. If you see mm -hmm. other CBD wines that are out there, it's very possible I'm making them. I, I have a couple companies that I make these for um, for all of the, the SKUs that we currently have and then a couple companies that have SKUs that we don't even have so that I'm making white label for um, for a couple brands. And that helps. I think every McDonald's needs a Burger King, you know, and, and eventually needs an In-N-Out. So you, you need you, you got to have some competition, I think, if you're the only lone, lone one out there with it, people don't take you serious. So yeah yeah um yeah what can you do to compare yourself and and drive kind of innovation and whatnot so that's great so out of the uh you know it sounds like that influencer route went really well for you so are there any other partnerships or collaborations that you formed since the beginning that have that that, that have meant a lot towards building the brand you know, every part of it has been 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 great. Um, I think there's, if it be the partnerships on the white label side and, and having other entities in, in places, one of the big uh, places that we went, I work with a lady who has a brand called War Chief, and, and we went to the American Indians and, and sat down with 14 of the uh, tribal leaders and, and pitched this process to them because uh, alcohol out of any um, demographic alcohol has been one of the most destructive to the American Indians. And so we wanted to see if we could give an alternative and they had had no luck with the near beer and, and O'Doul's and stuff that people just didn't, they didn't see uh, uh, any kind of change from it. And they just, people weren't, weren't drawn to it. So we created a brand and, and the woman I worked with, her grandfather was a, was a famous war chief. And I don't, you know, I'm a white boy, so I'm not in that that element. So, you know, developing and creating that partnership with her to bring this product out and help these people was was a big deal. Wow. Um, the mentorships that I've had, though, for the technology probably have been the most dynamic. Um, I, I worked with Francisco Antillion. He's, like I said, one of the most brilliant minds, I think, on the planet. I understand stuff that that has most people would be just mind boggled. He, he doesn't speak. He's, I don't know. He speaks like five languages, but he, you know, English is not his first language, but, but his ideas and his technology and then coming from someone like me, who is a, a layman that I'm not a physicist. I, I don't understand a lot of that. And I just, I have ideas that say, can we do this and this? And, you know, a lot of times people say, no, I can't be done, but you find these incredible minds that will work outside of the box and, and help you create stuff. So the mentorships um, with the team here right now at um, at the Farm of Vibe Research um, with Larry Wu, who was I, I, I mentored with him as a flavor specialist. Larry's probably one of the greatest in the business. He created a little brand called Snapple. If you've ever had a Snapple yeah. iced tea. His formulations. He created a bunch of the frozen drinks for um, um, for uh, uh, Starbucks, and 
and on and on and on. Brown and Foreman, Diaz, he's been around and been in the industry for a long time. And and flavor wise, that's one of the most important things: creating your your flavor profile. All of those people, the mentorships, um, the relationships on the sales end, and then the development side of the technology and the science side, I think, are the the most important um, partnerships that have helped provide you know push this to the next level and help us take it yeah. to a whole new great and you've been listening to the sipping success podcast i'm your host casey hawkinson uh and we've had our guest scott rickett president ceo of bella petite beverages with us here uh it's been a pleasure having you we're down to our last couple questions for you scott okay um what advice would you give to your younger self uh, looking to break out into the industry like you have? Uh, it's funny. My younger self, I would have never dreamed in a million years that I would be making wine. Yeah. Uh, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, I, if I was to say anything is, is to my younger self would be keep creating and enjoy the process. You know, that's something that I, I've been a creator from, if it be from music, um, and, and over the years to, uh, to, to different, uh, content, I've been involved in the action sports world and created products. And, and so I, I really think that that would probably be my advice to myself is just keep creating and, and, and also, you know, enjoy the process because it's all, you're always up against challenges. And, and I think I enjoy solving problems and, and, uh, you're never gonna, you never get, it never gets old if, if you always got new challenges in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. And then uh, last question, if anybody out there listening would like to connect with you, say they might have a question or they, they might have interest in partnering with you on a project. Um, how would they best get in touch with you? Yeah, always open to that. I am I'm big on networking. I'm big on finding other people. I'm working, like I said, with people in the in the medical industry and the pharmaceutical industry. So I'm open to all avenues. Probably the best way is through the website. Um, I don't do much with the social media stuff myself personally, but um, the website, either bellapetitebeverages.com, uh, you can leave a message there, or you can email me just Scott at Bella Petite Beverages, and then also Rickett Brewing, just Scott at Rickett Brewing, or or you can reach out to the website there. That all will get filtered back to me instantly. Anything that is on white label product development, uh, any of the other technologies and stuff, or you know, options people that are interested in trying the product. I mean, you know, reach out. We'd love to uh, love to hear from you. All right. Wonderful. Well, this has been uh, a, a really fun interview and uh, you heard it at uh, bellapetite.com. If you want to reach out to Scott here directly. Yeah, Bella Scott, Beverage, sorry, how, do you, how do you get them all in there? Unfortunately, bellapetitebeverages.com. Okay. My apologies. Bellapetitebeverages.com. No <laughs> um, so reach out to him there if you have any questions or want to run something past him. So, Scott, again, uh, thank you uh, for all the great detail that you shared with us uh, in building your business. Uh, very interesting time here uh, this afternoon. Uh, thank you again for your time. And you have been listening to the Sipping Success podcast. I'm your host, Casey Hawkinson. Again, we were joined uh, by Scott Rickett, uh, President and CEO of Bella Petite Beverages. Scott, again, thank you. Cheers. Thank you, Casey. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for listening. And until next time, you've been listening to Sipping Success.
And that's a wrap on another insightful episode of Sipping Success, brought to you by Mushroom Media. We hope our discussions have left you thirsting for more knowledge in the world of beverages and alcohol. Stay connected with us on social media for updates. And remember, the journey to success is best enjoyed one sip at a time. Keep exploring trends, connecting with leaders, and scaling your brand. Until our glasses meet again, cheers to your continued success, and may your cups always runneth over with inspiration. We'll catch you in the next episode.